I think theme nights are great nights, but I think last night, our midweek for fashion disaster night was next level. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun, you know? I love a good theme night. If you've seen the pictures or if you saw me on Wednesday, you know that this is true. I just, I enjoy them, they're great. I think sometimes <laughs> the theme nights may be more for me than the children, but that's fine, you know? We all need, we all need something fun uh, to enjoy in our lives. But last night was great for lots of different reasons. Uh, so this is just like a fun story. Normally on Wednesdays, I set up the gym and I put up like four rows of chairs for the kids to sit in and, um, that went well until a couple weeks ago and we had a, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I'm going to say a fiasco with one of the kids who was trying to pick up one of the chairs and he's a little guy and so he ended up falling. So we kind of were rethinking, do we even use the chairs? Do we need the chairs? If we don't put the chairs out. We, the kids can have the whole gym to play in. So anyway, so last night I set up these um, these like marker post barrier type things with their team names on them. Let them sit on the floor, like, you know, still in rows. I mean, we're not going to let them be unorganized. But uh, sit, in, sit in their rows according to their teams. And so when, <laughs> when the kids came into the gym, they're like, Miss Anna, where are the chairs? I was like, what are you talking about? They're, they're invisible chairs. And they're like, no, you just forgot to set them out. And then by the end of the night, they refer to them also as the invisible chairs. Um, I also, <laughs> this is bad, but we have uh, we have TVs uh, in the rooms where we can hook up like laptops and DVD players and stuff. And so we were using, it was a three and four year old class. They were coming out of Bible. Well, we had pulled up a YouTube clip of uh, Joseph's story to go along with the lesson and you know how, like, when you're finished watching a YouTube clip, it'll show, like, all of the other videos you can see? Well, one of them, the options was Peppa Pig. So the three- and four-year-olds were like, it's Peppa Pig! Play that video! And so, <laughs> in an effort for me to, like, redirect them and get them to their next class, I was like, guys, Peppa Pig does not work on church TVs. <laughs> and one of the little kids was like, I watch Peppa Pig at my house. I said, exactly. Peppa Pig is only, she only works on house TVs. She does not work at the, on the TV at church. Uh, you know, only, only three and four year olds would, would go for that. I'm sure. But it's, it's fine. It worked. They were, you know, on their way to the next class. We forgot about watching Peppa Pig and that was a good thing. Um, but I think one of the cool things about last night too was, so this year in our missions class, we have a curriculum that we're following, which is amazing. And so uh, Miss Marilyn and Miss Christina, they uh, they are leading this class. And so Christina has the three and four year old group and then the first and no, three and four kindergarten and first grade groups. So last night, part of the curriculum was to write little, and when I say write, I mean color cards to send to shut-ins at our church. And so that was precious, just watching the kids' uh, color. I'm not sure that some of the shut-ins are going to know <laughs> necessarily what the three- and four-year-old pictures are. But, you know, it's there for an encouragement. It's the experience of helping them think outside of themselves. And, like, we talked about there's people who haven't been out 
who haven't been out or back to church in a year because of COVID or, well, more than a year now and um, what that means and how we can send them a card to encourage them. And so that was really exciting. But then with our uh, two older groups, so second, third, fourth, and fifth grade, um, their project, their task. So they've been learning about this missionary family who are missionaries to Canada who are currently serving. And so it's really cool because they get to watch like videos of their church and um, the curriculum gives us like mission updates. And so we're following along in real time with this family and uh, the kids have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the times I've been in, in missions. Uh, but last night, the older two groups, so second, third, fourth, fifth graders wrote uh, little notes of encouragement to the missionaries. And so we were reading through, I mean, obviously, obviously we're going to read through and see what the kids wrote, uh, reading through some of them and they were amazing. You know, there's times in kids ministry when it's very chaotic and it's stressful or it's super energetic and it's awesome and you're on this high or there's times when it's very challenging and even discouraging. But last night was one of those nights where like I was reading these cards and me and Marilyn and Christina, we all were overcome with, you know, our eyes were all glossy. We're like, look at this one. Look at this one. Look at what this kid wrote. They were amazing. They were really good. And they notes, they had depth. They were specifically, you know, giving encouragement and saying, hey, this is what I liked about your story or your videos. And it made me laugh because a lot of them want the missionary family to write back to them. Uh, so it was just really cool just to see, you know, how God is at work in our kids through the mission station, through Bible skills, through the Bible lesson, uh, through game time. It was a really good night. Like it was, it was epic. It was probably my favorite midweek we've had thus far. And so it was, you know, we're still seeing some new kids come and get connected, which is always a good thing. So it was a really, really good night. And I think, you know, I'm just, I don't know. It's hard to describe it, you know? It's just hard to, to, to keep saying, like, hey, it was a great night because I can't fully express how awesome last night was. You just have to trust me and see the pictures. And uh, who knows if you're not currently serving <laughs> and you're looking for a place to serve. Uh, this this might be a good option for you, you know? So, anyway, it was great. Uh, the other funny thing that happened was uh, last year at Halloween, I intentionally, my costume was a nerd costume. And none of the kids knew who I was or what I was. They had all kinds of random guesses. Last night rolls around, it's fashion disaster night. I show up and every kid is like, you look like a nerd. And I was like, okay, how did you not know this a year ago? <laughs> how did you not know what a nerd was? But now you're assuming that this is what who I am. I mean, I am a nerd at heart, for real. Um, we also, this is the last thing before we jump into our actual story. Uh, you know, about the lesson and the depth of what we're learning. So last night we played a game called uh, Cool Cats and Karaoke. It's this video of like, was well, like a picture of a cat, quote unquote, singing uh, different songs. And it's almost like the Meow Mix song, you know, where it's like meow, 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 like that. But it's, it's a meow to different songs. And so last night was Disney song edition. So we played the clip and the kids had to guess what song it was. And that was hilarious. <laughs> the only one they didn't know was The Lion King. They didn't know the song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. So, of course, I was like, how, I was like, I can't believe you guys. Like, come on, guys, you got to know this one. And then one of the kids was like, I was like zero when this came out. 
I'm pretty sure The Lion King came out either the year I was born or the year before that. So, they weren't wrong, but they were very far off. <laughs> very far off. So, anyway, I'm sure we'll play the Cool Cats and Karaoke again because it was a blast. And there's a worship edition where, where the cat does it to worship songs. And I, I just keep laughing every time I hear it. It's, it's one of the best things right now. So our lesson series wrapped up with a look at God's sovereignty, at looking at how God was at work the entire time in Joseph's life. Uh, this four-week series focused on God's authority, God being trustworthy, God's power. And then it ended with us talking about how God was at work. And I think that's a great reminder for us that even when we don't understand or we can't see how God is fitting all the pieces together, we can believe in his authority and his power we trust him that he is even if we can't comprehend it and so um we picked up where we left off last week where joseph interpreted pharaoh's dreams and pharaoh puts him in charge of growing gathering storing the food and really overseeing the entire operation which again i think is super impressive uh but we see again that god is with joseph and so that of course egypt had plenty of food in the seven years of plenty, and then they had plenty of food even when there was famine. Now, not only does Joseph provide for Egypt, but we also see his provision for people in surrounding areas. Because you got to remember, um, Joseph is not Egyptian. Um, he's he's a Hebrew, right? He's a Jew. And so uh, his dad and his brothers were not living in Egypt. And they all of a sudden hear that there's food and there's grain in Egypt, and so um, Jacob, Joseph's dad, sends his sons to go buy grain and go buy food. Um, we see that when the brothers get there, they literally like see Joseph, <laughs> and they don't even know that it's him. They probably have convinced themselves that he has really died, or you know he was sold into slavery, so they just don't even know what has happened to him. But Joseph recognizes them, and he realizes who they are. And so, uh, you know, there has to be so many emotions when, when Joseph saw his brothers. Uh, feelings of, you know, all kinds of really just traumatic events happening to him. And eventually, we, we kind of condense the story because there's a lot. Joseph looks at them and he's like, I think you're spies. I think you're coming to spy out the land. And so he has them put into jail for a little bit. He has them um, being held in a, in a place because the youngest brother, Benjamin, was not with them. And so they have they go and they send for Benjamin and um Joseph puts them through a number of of tests, a number of ways um of of testing, which I think is kind of funny, you know. I guess I think part of it, you know, could have been have they really changed? Are they really different? Are, you know, do they treat strangers better than family? Those kinds of things, but he puts them through different tests kind of a, a faith, and it ends with the silver cup, and I'm not going to go through the entire story. We didn't with our kids. We kind of condensed it down, because again, this is a lot of, of text to kind of go through. But eventually, uh, Joseph comes to the point where um, he tells the brothers, like, you're going to need to leave one of the brothers here, and he's going to have to be a slave. Like, you, you know, Joseph had worked it out so that he would... Um, he hid a silver cup in Benjamin's bag, and so he accuses the brothers of stealing the cup, and they have no clue it's in there. And so he's like, okay, since you 
you know, you took this cup from me, then you're going to have to stay and become a slave. <laughs> Which is ironic, right? Now he's like, haha, I'm going to joke with you and make you think that you're going to be the slave when you really sold me into slavery. And now the brothers are begging Joseph, don't make our brother a slave. You know, they're the ones that had all these great ideas in the, in the beginning to make Joseph a slave and to sell him into slavery. But now they're begging him, don't do this to our brother. And it's at that point that everything kind of just breaks loose for Joseph. He begins to weep. He sends all of his servants out. And he's like, hey, I am Joseph. Is my dad still alive? And if you're the brothers, <laughs> like, you just have to be shocked, you know, astounded, dumbfounded. Like, how could, you know, it's like, what? You're, like, the most popular dude in Egypt. What do you mean you're our brother? You're our kid brother that we were annoyed by who said the dreams would come true. It's a crazy turn of events. It's a crazy plot twist. Um, and now here he is giving them food. And if you follow along with the story, you read the whole thing, you find that Joseph actually says, go back and bring the whole family. Bring dad, bring your kids, bring your wives, bring everybody to Egypt. There's going to be plenty uh, here. You know, come and, come and do this. Um, Joseph had told his brothers that although they meant to hurt him and do evil against him, God turned it around for good. God had a plan all along to use Joseph to rescue his family from starving. Even the bad things that happened to Joseph were turned for good in the end. We even see that Joseph forgives his brothers. Instead of getting revenge, instead of, you know, giving them exactly what they deserved for all their terrible deeds, he shows them kindness, he shows them grace. Uh, they even, again, they move their whole family there. Um, and I think it's super interesting because we've said, I think in previous episodes, that Joseph reminds us a lot of Jesus. He's a, a foreshadowing, a picture of Jesus who's going to come. And, you know, Joseph endured terrible things to bring salvation, essentially, to, to bring a rescue to his family. We see that with Christ. We see the cross. We see becoming human. We see the despise, the rejection of, of uh, people happening to Jesus. But in the end, it brings salvation to the world. You know, Joseph just wasn't providing food and grain for the people of Egypt. He helps his own family. You know, and it makes you wonder, kind of like, okay, was other people, other nations, were they coming to you too? Or was it, you know, was it just this particular family? But we see, you know, through Christ's death, that salvation has been made available to all who will believe. And I think that's super, super incredible for us to see. We even talked a little bit about this on Sunday with our kids in the book of Acts. Um, you know, about being the church being persecuted and, and spreading out. But we said, you know, even when we look at the cross, we see this horrific event where Jesus died and he suffered uh, physically, emotionally. You know, and it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible reality that Jesus had to die for us. But it's a beautiful response, right? It's a beautiful thing that we see. Um, you know, something so tragic, so horrible. God turned it for good. Because of Christ, because of his death, we can live. We have life. We can be forgiven. Just like Joseph forgives his brothers, we see Jesus offering forgiveness to those who will trust in him. Um, we see that God is sovereign. The Bible tells us God is in control of the events uh, of the world, even our, our lives. We don't have to be afraid when bad things happen or when life doesn't make sense. We see that God is in control of us, right? He's working uh, to accomplish his plan in the entire world. 
You know, it's not just our little area or our lives, right? Worldwide, God is working to accomplish his plans and his glorious purposes. And I think that's a really cool thing that we get to see from Joseph. Because yes, we often look at it through the lens of Joseph's life, but you can't you can't fully see the whole story until you see how God is, is moving and working. Hence why we wanted to use... I just said hence, that's kind of weird. Uh, that's why we wanted to use Joseph when we first started talking about loving um, loving God is through the story. Yes, we learn to be amazed at Joseph and some of his choices, but ultimately it points us to God. It points us to Christ. It makes us stop and go, wow, this is the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the love of God at work. And when we understand those things, when we see how God um, who he is and what he's done, it, it causes us to want to love him more. And that's what we want for our kids. We want them to see who God is, to know him, and then for their hearts to be transformed so that they love him um, with everything that they are. So it was a great series. I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, you know, we're talking about the neighborhood. We're talking about how to love people, how to love our neighbors. We're looking at different parables, which you will find out I love parables. They're some of my favorite stories to kind of work through. Uh, so we'll be looking at that the next uh, about four weeks. We'll be talking through what it means to be a good neighbor. Who is our neighbor? How do we love our neighbors? And even why we need to love our neighbors. I think it's going to be good. Uh, but I think that's all that I have for right now. And so with that, it's a wrap.